Thanks for listening to the Mornings with Carmen LaBerge podcast, made available thanks to support from listeners just like you. Encouraging you to live as an ambassador of God's kingdom in the world. This is Mornings with Carmen LaBerge on Faith Radio. If we're gonna fly, we fly like eagles, arms out wide. If we're gonna fear, we fear no evil. We will rise by your power. We will go by your spirit. We are bold. If we're gonna stand, we stand as giants. If we're gonna walk, we walk as lions. Well, good morning again. It's hour two of mornings with Carmen here on. The Faith Radio Network. If you missed any portion of Hour One, I encourage you to go back and listen to it as a podcast. You can do that at MyFaithRadio.com. You can you can subscribe to Mornings with Carmen wherever you get your podcasts. All of the uh, links to the articles that we talk about, the people um, we talk with, the audio we, uh, we share this morning, courtesy of CNN and ESPN. All of those links will be in the show notes. You can get those show notes at MyFaithRadio.com or by subscribing to Mornings with Carmen, wherever you get your podcast. Um, and yes, for those of you who are um, expressing gratitude for the conversations this morning, centering around how God's getting his glory related to um, the situation with Damar Hamlin, uh, yes, I agree with you. That audio um, is audio that could be shared with people who um, you know have made made a god of sport, uh, made a religion of football, um, be a really good opportunity to talk with them about uh, not only football being more than a game, but life being more than a game. And maybe it's time to stop playing games with God. So good good observations there on the text line. Hey, you can text me during the show, 877-933-2484. Um, yesterday morning, we uh, talked with uh, Vanitha, Vanitha Reisner about having a word for the year, and her word for the year is really two words, um, love well. And many of you commented in appreciation for just the, the conversation about what it not only means and looks like to love well, but um, my observation that was shared with me by um, by a woman who's, uh, whose life history was very um, difficult, but who resonated with the experience of the woman at the well— who, whose life was radically transformed by Jesus, and she saw herself very differently. And she would she shared with me that, you know, for her, um, going every single day to the love well <laughs> to um, get a fresh, um, a, fr- a fresh amount of living water, right? And it's important to go to the love well in order that we can love well. And Jesus is the love well. Um, anyway, I just thought I would share that again because so many people uh, appreciated that comment and um, I didn't want you to miss it. So there you go. You might go back and listen to yesterday's podcast as well. So here were some of the words that were lifted up, um, shared with us on the text line in terms of words, the word you've chosen for the year, peace, self-control, joy, persevere, seek, hidden in Christ, light, healing, compassion, nourish, firm, grace, Relentless, joy, deeper with God, fullness, hope, help, come, enough. And then later in the day yesterday, Susie um, uh, took prayer requests during um, during her show, and the text line was flooded. And so I've been reading through those and praying for you this morning. 
Um, and it indicates to me that for many, many people, the word for the year, even if they haven't adopted a word for the year, the word for the year is um, is prayer, desperate prayer, um, pleading prayer. And so let's um, let's plead before the Lord this morning. I'm just going to lift up a couple of prayer requests that came in yesterday. Um, friends, uh, you know, who are hurting, sisters in Christ who are hurting. And so we're going to pray this morning for Rochelle and her daughter, Amanda. Amanda is a young mom. She has three little boys under four. Amanda um, has uh, stage four met- uh, metastatic cancer. Um, it's not responding well to treatment. They are seeking desperate prayers for God's gracious intervention and a miracle. Um, and then um, another mom who has shared about her daughter, Jessica. Um, Jessica is um, has adopted a a different lifestyle and a different identity and is no longer in communication with her parents. Um, and, and Jessica is 23. So we're going to pray for these um, situations today. A- again, encouraging you, like if you're in a position to do so, cup your hands together and just uh, let's lift these people up um, and, and, and lift one another up as well. Like let's hold one another up to the Lord in our cupped hands, recognizing that God holds each one of us tenderly in the very palm of his hand. Um, and we need to be lifting up one another. God gives us access to the very throne room. And, and we must say, well, all I can do is pray. <laughs> that ain't nothing, my friend. So, Father God, um, before you, we lift up in our hands, Rochelle. We ask that you would strengthen her. We ask that you would continue um, to give her faith, that she would trust in you, that you would give her reason to hope. Um, and we pray for Amanda, her sweet daughter. We ask, Father, that you would enter into Amanda's body at a cellular level and work a miracle. We lift up Amanda's husband and her little boys. And, Father, we're just going to ask for a miracle. You you can do far more than we ordinarily dare to ask or imagine. And so we're going to ask a lot. We're going to ask for a miracle for this family. We're going to ask for a miracle for um, the family of Jessica as well. Father, you know her. You know, you know her. You know the confusion um, that she's living in. And you know... Um, the lifestyle that she has chosen. We ask, Father, that you would shine a light, that you would bring her to herself, that you would return her to yourself, and that you would restore her to her family. Father, be with her parents as they yearn for that redemption and that reconciliation, that restoration of the daughter they love so well. All these things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Joining us next, uh, Adam Holtz will be back, and we're going to talk about some of the headlines of the day from the world of media. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LaBurge. This is Faith Radio. Holtz is back from Focus on the Families Plugged In. Good morning, good sir. Good morning, Carmen. How are you? Um, I Well, I'm well. I'm a little chilly this morning, but I can't complain about it being cold because it's not nearly as cold where I live as it is where other people live. So there you go. Yeah, it's all relative, right? <sighs> hey, totally. before we dive in, I just I just wanted to share my word for the year because my Fantastic. family does not. Yes. <laughs> it, my word for the year is anchor. So nice. there you go. And obviously, there are lots of spiritual implications of that word. Yes, um, absolutely. We will uh, 
Well, I, one of the things I'm doing, Adam, is I'm just like keeping a list, right? So people, their yeah. name next to their word. And so even though I don't necessarily know all that that's going to mean for you, it gives me sure. a way to pray for you this year. And so my oh. word is peace. And so you can, um, you can, you can put that on your list. I will reciprocate. Thank you. Yeah. I love that. Um, all right. So first of all, there's a bad girl singer. Uh, you know me. Yeah. I know nothing. I know nothing about what we're about to discuss. Um, apparently, she got on social media and she said Jesus is real. And wow, there was a lot of backlash. There was a lot of backlash. And this is uh, MIA, or some people call her Maya. I have actually heard it both ways. Um, and she is uh, a British. Uh, Indian or Indian British, I'm not sure, I guess British Indian um, singer. And uh, she, I think it's safe to say, certainly has been a bad girl. That is an apt title for her. Um, you know, there's a lot of musicians out there these days who have nasty stuff in her lyrics, but let's suffice it to say that uh, she was one of them. Uh, and she, had been identified as a Hindu before and apparently had a vision of Jesus and has, uh, has been talking about him. And she says, the fact that the biggest backlash of my career and life I'm facing after saying Jesus is real is such a revelation to me. People who control these apps would rather have me be a bad girl than a good one. And I don't normally read like lots of quotes from people, but everything she said is so interesting. I want to read a couple more and then comment on it if that's okay. Sure. <clears throat> she says, basically all my fans might turn against me because they are all progressives who hate people that believe in Jesus Christ in this country. Even if it costs me my career, I won't lie. I will tell the truth. I will tell you what's on my mind and heart. If I'm coming back now and saying Jesus is real, there's a point. Um, and then she goes on to say <clears throat> that she used to think Christianity was a silly story. And now she says, right now, I think the only clear thing I can say is that even when I had no belief in Jesus and Christianity, and even when I was 100% comfortable in Hinduism, it was a Christian God who turned up to save me. And I think there's truth in that. Um, I, I love this story. I love to hear stories that are, it's sort of a Saul on the road to Damascus story. I think whenever celebrities who you would put on the least likely to embrace Jesus list, and um, I think Maya or MIA would be on that list, uh, God can get a hold of anybody. And Amen. When, and when he gets a hold of somebody who is outspoken and fearless, as she really seems to be, um, it's amazing. And I think my only hesitation here, and it, it could be heard as cynicism, but I would rather couch it as caution. I always hold my breath a little bit when a celebrity suddenly starts talking a lot about Jesus, because my first thought is, is it going to hold? Is this a phase, you know? Uh, is this Bob Dylan in the 70s and 80s? Although I guess Bob Dylan is talking about Jesus again these days too. So go figure. Um, you know, that's my only concern is I hope there's a deep enough root there that is real that, uh, that she weathers the storm. I mean, obviously we've talked about Kanye West going back and forth between mm -hmm. 
saying saying profound things about Jesus and then you know going off the rails with other things and so <clears throat> it's not for me to judge but i always hope that when a celebrity you know really embraces Jesus publicly that that's still where they're at a year from now or 5 years from now yeah i think my prayer um for this individual is that um you know god would bring faithful people at least one very faithful person alongside her to disciple her. It's one thing to, yeah. you know, to have Jesus come to you in a vision and respond to that, which he clearly has done. It's another thing to then learn the patterns and the ways of God, right? It's a different, exactly. re- yeah, and how that affects yeah. everything, um, including, you know, your music, right? So, um, exactly. yeah, it affects everything. All right, we're going to return to our conversation with Adam Holtz in just a moment from Focus on the Family's Plugged In. Um, we're gonna uh, we're gonna move around some pop culture headlines, um, and uh, and maybe I mean I, I'm I'm hoping we got time uh, to talk about a couple of movie reviews. So that's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen. As you know, this is a rebroadcast of the live radio show carried on the Faith Radio Network. There's a lot going on at Faith Radio. Tons of free resources just waiting for you and for you to share with others at MyFaithRadio. How does that all happen? Well, it happens through listener support. So Faith Radio, Mornings with Carmen, all available because of listener support from listeners, well, just like you. If you're a supporter, thank you so very much. If you'd like to become a supporter today, just visit MyFaithRadio.com. And again, thanks for being a part of what we do every day at Mornings with Carmen. Wake the Hey, you ought to check out Focus on the Family's Plugged In at PluggedIn.com. Tons of movie reviews and um, and helps for you in terms of engaging the culture today. Adam Holtz is with us now. Um, Adam, uh, we got a lot of things that we could talk about. Let's talk about yep. pop culture movers and shakers in 2022. It's on the uh, PluggedIn.com blog. It is. Yeah, each year we take a look back at, at who has been influential um, and so we have a list of 10 different people. There are a bunch of names on here that are going to be familiar to you. People like Tom Cruise. We talk about Queen Elizabeth and her cultural legacy, uh, Elon Musk, um, you know, but there may be other names on here. And these are the ones that I always find more interesting personally that uh, I don't really know much about them. So we talk about the founder of TikTok. Um, his name is Zhang Yiming, and if I've butchered that pronunciation, please forgive me. Uh, so if you want to just sort of take a look at, at who we think had some really significant cultural impact in the world of entertainment and technology this year, check that out at our Pop Culture's Top 10 Movers and Shakers list, and you'll find that on our blog. And <clears throat> if you go to PluggedIn.com, you'll see the blog tab right at the top there. Um, notably on the list, uh, you know, Queen Elizabeth, certainly a, a Christian, yeah. um, uh, but a lot of folks on here, you know, expressly not, <laughs> not Christians. Yeah. And, and I just, I just think that that's important. I think when we talk about cultural impact and we talk about cultural influence, um, we want to celebrate when God does, uh, lift up a, a person of faith, but we also want to recognize that culture moves, um, 
in ways that uh, Christians don't have a, a lot of influence in, and that this list is illustrative of that. I just thought that was uh, worthy of pointing out. Um, I yep. love that um, that um, Mel Gibson is going to start shooting the Passion of the Christ Resurrection in mid twenty twenty three. This is this is a good news story. Yes, it is. I mean, I think that um, you know the only criticism, if I can use that word that you probably could really lob at the passion of the Christ was it was incredibly graphic in its depiction of, of the crucifixion. Um, Now that said, I I thought it was also a stunning movie just in terms of cinematography. Uh, And Mel Gibson is another one who at times has very publicly uh, talked about his Catholic faith. And at times you hear the stories about him and you're like, okay, where is Jesus in that? But I love that he's come back to it. You know, in 2004, that was what, 19 years ago? Um, so I love that that he still is gripped enough by this story that he wants to return uh, to the story of Jesus and talk about what happened after the resurrection. I believe <clears throat> Jim Caviezel will still be involved in the role of Jesus from some other things that that I have read. Uh, you know, it's been 19 years, so maybe they'll have to digitally DH him a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, we have the technology. We can do that now. And I really look forward to seeing what Mel does with with this next chapter of the story. Yeah, I don't know. The The risen Christ may look nothing like the one that went to the cross, so maybe the de-aging thing won't matter. I don't know. Exactly. Exactly. I don't know. I don't know. Um, all right. You got a couple, uh, uh, a couple of reviews to share with us. Um, a man called Otto, uh, which is posted yep. at pluggedin.com. Yeah. And it stars Tom Hanks as a bitter, bitter, grief stricken man who has lost his mm-hmm. wife and all is woe. He wanders around muttering idiot all the time and calling people idiots for all the things that they don't know how to do. Uh, and he's suicidal. Uh, he tries to commit suicide and um, gets interrupted in the process and has to go help some people who are being idiots. And that couple that he helps ends up really penetrating his heart. Uh, but that's not the end of his struggle. We see multiple more suicide attempts uh, over the course of this movie. And it's a drama and it's a comedy. And so it's always a little bit of a sketchy thing, I think, when you talk about an issue as serious as suicide in the context of something that has that sort of dark comedy feel to it. Um, Mm -hmm. And so this one's sort of glass half full, half empty. Uh, It's a pretty redemptive movie, but the subject matter is heavy and there's quite a bit of profanity here too. And uh, just seeing Tom Hanks play against type, we're used to him as, you know, the lovable everyman who we want to be like, well, nobody wants to be like this guy, believe me. Uh, but it, but there is redemption here. So it, you know, if you like Tom Hanks and you're, you know, the issue of suicide is not one that's personally going to cause problems for you or anybody you see the movie with, it might be worth considering. All right. And then uh, thumbs up or thumbs down on M3 GAN, which looks like <laughs> Megan, but the three is a, is a weird backwards yeah. E. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's Megan. Uh, I'm going to go thumbs sideways. Uh, I know mm-hmm. that's a cheat, but I'm going to pick a third option. Uh, if you saw the trailer, this just looks like, you know, a bride of Chucky knockoff with a creepy doll who's killing people. And 
she is kind of a creepy doll who's killing people, but it turns out she is an advanced android and she's sort of a prototype and she ends up bonding with a little girl and the killing that takes place here is because she is fiercely dedicated to protecting this little girl. And so it's almost like a, uh, you know, a mini American girl Terminator, <laughs> if I could say something that ridiculous. Um, the movie actually has a subtext that suggests that parents need to pay attention to how technology is influencing their kids and not just turning their children over to technology to raise them. So we actually like some of the messages here, but this is a sci-fi thriller with a lot of blood and horror-esque uh, kind of qualities to it. So uh, definitely a hard PG-13 rating on this one. And probably, you know, when I say American Girl Terminator, that either turns you off or is like, yeah. oh, that sounds kind of interesting. I'd like to go see that. You I know will which not be camp saying it. Yeah, I, exactly. I would guess that you're not in, in that camp. Not in this camp. So, so that's <laughs> Megan. <laughs> Adam, Adam, thank you so much. And for the person who texted in asking the question about is a man called Otto in any way relationship to a man called Ove or Ove? Yep. Yeah, uh-huh. it is. Film, film adaptation of the 2012 novel and a remake of the 2015 film by the same name. So, yeah, good observation yep. there. Um, all right, Adam, thank you so much. You bet. Talk to you next week. Likewise. We're going to take a break for Breakpoint. thought about God as emotional? I mean, we're image bearers of God in every way. And so the fact that we have emotions and our emotions are God-given reflects God. And we learn in Scripture that God has emotions. But I got to tell you, some people respond to that um, negatively. Some Christians feel like the idea of God experiencing deep emotions is somehow problematic. We're going to talk with uh, with David Lamb about the emotions of God. He's going to help us make sense of a God who hates, weeps, and loves. How do you feel about the fact that God has emotions? That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. Joining us now is David Lamb. He's the Alan McRae Professor of Old Testament. He's the Dean of the Faculty at Missio Seminary in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Um, His previous books include God Behaving Badly and Prostitutes and Polygamists, so maybe a book on God being an emotional character shouldn't surprise us. The book is The Emotions of God, Making Sense of a God Who Hates, Weeps, and Loves. David, welcome to Mornings with Carmen. Hey, Carmen, it's my pleasure to join you today. So I have a heavy lift because you um, have spoken on fairly regular occasion with my colleague, Bill Arnold, and he's way funnier than me. <laughs> you know what? Um, God as God makes everybody different. And um, so we're all beautiful in different ways. So uh, I'm looking forward to this interview. 
So for those of us who, um, you know, maybe uh, perceive ourselves to be not terribly emotional, um, we, we've been taught to hold our emotions in check. We've been taught that faith is a serious matter. Um, you know, it's not to be joked about. Uh, God is a serious character. God is a complicated emotional character. Uh, can you, first of all, help us understand um, why we're having a conversation about the emotions of God, and then dispel this idea that um, God's not emotional, and so we shouldn't be emotional either. Yeah, great question, Carmen. Thanks for asking. Um, so, I mean, I think there's a couple different ways we could approach this. Um, one, um, theologically, there are some faith traditions. I mean, maybe not the, the ones that some of your listeners are coming from, but I'm sure there probably are some folks out there that are um, coming from faith traditions that really just de-emphasize God's emotions. Um, and it kind of goes back, and we could talk about the philosophical underpinnings of that, but we maybe not want to do that now. But there are some churches, some faith traditions that just feel uncomfortable with it. And there's there's some reasons for that, because I think a lot of us would say emotions are, um, sometimes they feel uncontrollable or um, incomprehensible. And um, th- thinking about God as being emotional or maybe being kind of overwhelmed or controlled by emotions or be in, being affected by humans um, just makes us feel uncomfortable. Um, and so I get it. Um, the other thing I would say is um, I'm just a very emotional person. <laughs> um, uh, I, I tell stories about different times in my life where I've gotten emotional, even kind of the first time I ever remember weeping. And um, I think, um, and maybe this is a little bit more true for men um, or boys, but in, in our culture, we can feel uncomfortable um, being in places where we are emotion, uh, more emotional. And I think, um, for me, reading through the Bible, and I'm realizing, wow, the Bible talks about God emotionally a lot, but I don't think we talk about that very much in the church. And I think when we do that, um, we're not serving people who um, maybe like me and maybe like some of your listeners are very connected with them uh, with their emotions and um, feel like sometimes in in churches or in faith situations these emotions can be stifled so what i'm trying to do is i'm trying to help people make sense of them um, and even some of the weird emotions that we see um, displayed by god in the bible yeah, I mean, immediately, you know, some of the things that come to mind, first of all, you know, like God getting literally like snorting mad, um, yes. described you know, in, the, in the Psalms with these like flaring nostrils. Um, and then, you know, Jesus being moved with compassion, like at the at the level of the bowels, like he's moved with compassion. Um, Jesus flipping over the tables of the money changers, that seems like a fairly emotional response. Um, and, you know, Jesus weeping, like there are places where, I mean, and he's, he's praying in the, in the garden and he's, he's so moved that, um, Luke likens his sweat to being drops of blood. Um, so there's, there's clearly emotion here when we talk about Jesus. Is it somehow easier for us to talk about Jesus having emotions than it is for us to believe that God has emotions, because in doing so, aren't we separating the Father from the Son, or the Son from the Father? Yeah, and I don't know all of the reasons why um, people do this. Um, 
um, or maybe kind of ignore the 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 way that the Bible speaks about God um, and Jesus, certainly Jesus emotionally. I mean, I do think as we look at Jesus, the word became, became flesh and dwelt among us, we can kind of see his humanity. Um, I, I, you know, in my um, research, my readings, um, as I've been reading commentators and other scholars um, about Jesus, um, it, it's kind of funny because whenever they talk, whenever they discuss Jesus being emotional, like in the Garden of Gethsemane, like you were just talking about, it's almost like they say, well, Jesus is wearing his, you know, his human hat here. He's, we see Jesus's humanity here as he expresses his emotions, which, um, you know, I, I understand that. Um, the problem is Jesus was always God Amen. and man. Amen. And so... Um, when he's um, he was fully God, fully man, and so when we think, oh, emotions are kind of his humanity, we are somehow trying to separate something from Jesus's character or God's character, God the Father's character, and I think that's not that's not how the Bible portrays God in the Old Testament or Jesus in the New Testament. And I think um, it's uh, we are. I don't know, misunderstanding or perhaps even misconstruing um, the God of the Bible when we do that. Yeah, we're. I think we're demonstrating when we do that how just how disintegrated we are, as if yeah. there are times that I am what uh, not a wife um, or <laughs> yes, not right. not uh, right or not like no. I'm that's that is who I am. You cannot separate. Yeah the parts out and you you certainly can't separate out the parts when it comes to jesus he's fully god sure, he's right. fully human full time yeah. uh and so yeah. uh, i i think that actually helps me in this conversation yeah. about god having emotions and um it liberates me from this notion that emotions are irrational or irrelevant or bad right. yeah and one of the things that i find just shocking um, is how often um, not just the the authors of Scripture, the divinely inspired authors of Scripture, but also God Himself in the Old Testament and Jesus Himself in the New Testament talk about their emotions. We might be embarrassed, or we might kind of like, well, God, you know, God is jealous. You know, what do we do with that? But God talks about his jealousy in a way that seems to be very positive and proactive. So we need to make sense of this somehow. But Jesus in the New Testament and God in the Old Testament are not embarrassed about being emotional, even if we are. And um, so we need to we need to take that pretty seriously. And, and I think for those of us and any of your listeners who are followers of Jesus, I'm assuming that's most of them, we need to be talking about our emotions in the way like God does in the Bible, um, God, the God of the Old Testament, Jesus in the New Testament, and, um, and uh, you know, following the example of God as we talk freely and openly and not in an embarrassed way about the emotions that God has given us. We're talking with David T. Lamb. Uh, the book is The Emotions of God, Making Sense of a God Who Hates, Weeps, and Loves. Um, all right, I introduce us to how we do that, David. So, um, First of all, I need to be exposed to um, or reintroduced to the emotions of God. You do that uh, quite adeptly through the use of the Psalms. Talk about why you're, you know, sort of centered in on what the Psalms have to say and how God's emotions are expressed there. Yeah, and I think um, 
there are different parts of the Bible where we can kind of connect more deeply with God. Um, and through, we can do it through any part of the Bible, but there's something about the Psalms, the depth um, and the Psalms. One of my, one of my professors says the Psalms are 150 things you can say to God. Um, and the Psalms are largely prayers, but these are just deep prayers, heartfelt prayers. The Psalmists are dealing with, um, you know, uh, uh, lamenting over their the their sinfulness or the tragedy that has befallen their nation, um, and they're or, and they're just sometimes they're just really mad, and they're mad at God, um, and so the the psalmists in in some ways are echoing the 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 emotions that we see God displaying throughout the Scripture, but again the the psalms are again all inspired by God, and God says. Yeah, you can say this to me. You can say, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That's Psalm 22, which we're probably more familiar with um, Jesus quoting that on the cross. Uh, or Psalm 13, um, uh, how long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? There's there's a depth and an, an intensity and a motiveness that we see in the language of the psalmist that, um, you know, I haven't been in a lot of prayer meetings where I see people kind of expressing um, emotions or intensity or rawness, honesty with God in a way that we see sometimes in the Psalms. And I think that that's, um, I, I think our faith would be strengthened if we could appropriate those Psalms more fully. Yeah, I think the idea there, this fervent prayer, this, um, yeah. yeah, this idea of fervent prayer, uh, certainly when we talk about spiritual warfare, I think that, um, yeah. Yeah, it's not it's not as if we can engage in that in a way that's sort of non-emotional. Um, all right, David, let's continue our conversation in just a moment. We're talking with uh, David T. Lamb. We're talking about his new book, The Emotions of God, Making Sense of a God Who Hates, Weeps, and Loves. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LeBurge. This is Faith Radio. Thanks so much for listening to Mornings with Carmen LeBurge. Hey, I'm Susie Larson. Hey, if you enjoy what you're listening to here, would you consider subscribing to other great Faith Radio podcasts like mine? Search Susie Larson Live at MyFaithRadio.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hit subscribe and have a great day. For a time he sought to tell the world he was the way That God the Father had a human heart With his own God the Father had a human heart. We often think about, um, you know, Jesus taking on human flesh to dwell among us. We don't often think about the heart of the Father and the emotions of God. David Lamb is here today helping us um, explore this. The book is The Emotions of God, Making Sense of a God Who Hates, Weeps, and Loves. Um, David, when you think about um, how this helps us, like how, how does it help me as a Christian to know and understand that God has emotions and that like that's actually... It, who he is at a character level. It's not something I can separate out. Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I think, first of all, um, it's really important for particularly those of, I mean, I've been a Christian for over five decades. And for those of us who've been Christians for a while, we can kind of feel like we can get into a rut. Um, I think for me, thinking about the emotions of God has brought 
new, um, I don't know, vitality um, into my relationship with God. So we need to be constantly looking for new things about God that may surprise us. Um, and so I think just even the the idea that God is more emotional than we might have thought about can help people um, in some unexpected ways. We're, you know, seeing new things about God. But I think the other thing is <laughs> we are made in the image of God. And um, we are very emotional people. Um, now, some of us may have more, um, uh, you know, have a, a, I don't know, a greater ability to expre express a wider variety of emotions. Again, for a lot of men, I'll speak, I, I'm a guy, um, it, we can feel like a little more one-dimensional, like, well, it's anger. <laughs> that's, the, that's the anger. That's the, the emotion. But, um, you know, we are all deeply emotive people. Um, and even thinking about emotions for me has um, made me think about, um, well, as I have thought about times in my life where I've been emotional, um, it's, um, it's helped me think about my childhood and the ways that my parents loved me um, and even taught me deep lessons about what it means for me to be an emotional person. So for me, thinking about God's emotions has helped me think about my own emotions and my own life and my relationship with pa my parents. It's almost been a little bit like doing therapy. <laughs> so, mm. um, uh, but I think the, the other thing I would say is it, it helps us um, look to scripture um, in some, maybe some new ways. And um, I, you know, when, when I talk to someone, you know, I speak on a lot of college campuses and sometimes I'm interacting with people that are either new to Christianity or wouldn't call, wouldn't call themselves believers. And I'd say, if there's a, if there's a book to read, pick one of the gospels. I tell people, Mark, it's the shortest gospel. Notice how, how the, the authors of scripture portray Jesus so emotively. Mm -hmm. Jesus um, wants to connect to people, um, and and he's often connecting with them in 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 deep ways. Like when um, his uh, Lazarus, mm -hmm. the brother of Mary and Martha, um, when La when Lazarus died, it affected Jesus deeply, and um, and he wept at Lazarus' death. We, we read the story in John 11. And, and he was weeping in such a dramatic way that the people around him in John 11, you can read it, said, look at how he loved him. Jesus's love was manifested in his tears. Um, and not only was Jesus not embarrassed about that, but the, 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 the gospel writers were not embarrassed about describing Jesus in the in the Gospels as deeply emotively, and I think um, <laughs> talk to anybody that um, has familiarity with counseling or psychology, and they will tell you expressing emotions is good for you. It's mm -hmm. therapy. <clears throat> it's going to make us more wholesome people. It'll give us stronger marriages if we can talk about. Um, now again, there are times and ways that we can do this inappropriately. But um, like anything we do, the more we express our tears or even our anger um, or um, our joys, the more we do it, the better we get at it. And I think it'll, it'll help our relationships with our spouses, with our parents, and with our children and our friends, our workmates. Um, 
emotions are a big part of life and we don't always know what to do with them but as we look to uh well yahweh in the old testament and jesus in the new testament we see examples of how to do this in a healthy way in an appropriate way um and i think that's um that's helped me one of the things that you do uh, in this book david is you sort of redeem hatred wrath jealousy and sorrow um from the characterization that they are negative emotions like right there's no negative emotions there there are ways that emotions could be expressed either righteously or unrighteously um but but the emotions themselves um are not negative because they're godly they're divine i mean god experiences and is characterized by wrath jealousy sorrow um and even hatred and so the emotion is not negative. Can you can you give us a minute on yeah. that? Yeah, certainly. And um, again, I've, I've spent a lot of time writing about um, the wrath of God. I talk about that in my um, God Behaving Badly book in more depth. So, but the one emotion I've talked, I've thought a lot about is jealousy. And jealousy, <laughs> it, it we have a lot of. There's a lot of negativeness, um, negativity, um, maybe baggage um, associated with jealousy. And, and I get that. You know, we all think of the the jealous spouse, um, the jealous husband, the jealous wife, or whatever. Um, but um, both in in the context of the Ten Commandments in Exodus 20, and then a few chapters later in Exodus 34, God declares that he is a jealous God. And I was like, well, what do we do with that? But the, the reason that God is jealous, and we, we could do something similar with, um, with anger um, or with um, hatred, but as we as we go deeper and think about jealousy, the reason God is jealous is because he so desperately wants his people to be in an exclusive relationship with him. Um, uh, I, I share the story of my wife. I mean, she travels, travels a lot. She's an amazing um, Bible teacher, and um, she's a, a professor at my seminary as well. And But when she travels, I can be jealous of her time. And there are, mm-hmm. there are unhelpful ways I can bring my jealousy can come out. <laughs> Um, and I, I won't go into details about that. But when I can say, Shannon, I love you. I love being with you. I'm jealous for your time because you, our relationship is so important to me. Then she can as- receive that positively. That's I would say I would call that positive jealousy. And that is the jealousy that God has for us. God knows that he is the only thing that can give us ultimate security relationship with God is what we need, and we need it desperately, and he knows that. So all of his negative emotions, his 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 hatred, his anger, um, his jealousy, what is behind it in every instance is love. Hmm. And that yeah. helps me make sense of these. Yeah, it's so good. That jealous for, not jealous of, is just such a yes. helpful differentiation. Yes. David, yes. we got to leave it right there. Thank you so okay. very much. You guys can connect um, with David Lamb at davidtlamb.com. The book we've discussed today, The Emotions of God, Making Sense of a God Who Hates, Weeps, and Loves. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LaBurge. This is Faith Radio. Now I'm a- All right, super short uh, Friday farm report. I don't know. I don't need. I don't need. It's the middle of winter. I don't really have a farm report. 
I, Paul, help me out. What? Oh, firewood. Maybe firewood there you is go. the yeah. Friday farm report. Um, yeah. Shoveling. I mean, we're not shoveling, but it's, yeah. You had a lot of rain, though. <sighs> yeah. You've been shoveling. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know. I know. All right. Blessings to each and everyone on this um, Friday. Let's give God the glory due his name. Let's reflect on the emotions of God, what they teach us about ourselves and um, and our own emotions. Let's be praying for one another today. Um, you know, hold up those those hands, cup together, and just put somebody in there, right? Lift them up before the Lord today and this weekend. Have a great weekend, and God bless. Thanks for listening to Mornings with Carmen LeBurge. Podcasts like this are available because of your support. If it's important to you to hear things that encourage your faith, click the link in the show notes to give now. And thanks.